just found a garlic in the cupboard where we keep all the alcohol. And I don't know why it's there. Is it usable? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It looks fine. It's like one of those, you know, you can buy a garlic by itself now. It's like a giant bulb. Yeah. It's like one of those. Are we recording? Yeah. Is this what we do when we've got no theme music, no quiz and no Top of the Pops to talk about? That's exactly right, Mark. <laughs> I didn't know how to start. So I thought I'd start with the last thing that I possibly would have said to you if we weren't recording, which was coming from the kitchen. Do you know there's a garlic in the booze cupboard? It's probably me putting it away wrong when... Uh... Well, I didn't want to say that, but you know, you're right. It's boiling, isn't it? It's a bit hot. I hear there's a thunderstorm coming. Do you want to say the words? The magical words you always say. Oh, it some... needs it. Thank you. It does need it. <laughs> but yeah, you said there was a thunderstorm coming. Yeah, we've had a weather warning for next week, from Monday to Thursday. Oh, that should be interesting. No, it won't. <laughs> Not unless our house is hit by thunder. Hit by lightning. Thunder is a sound. Um, although, we haven't got a TV aerial, so I think we're safe. Like back in the old day. Oh no, I'm just... You know what I've just... You know what my brain's just done? It's done a big jump from back in the old days and I'm thinking of things on the roof. And then I thought of Rod Hull. <laughs> oh. Don't laugh. That's a terrible connection to make. Champions League's on at the minute, so... Uh... Oh, poor Rod. Poor Rod. If anyone's listening from outside of the UK, and we do weirdly have some <laughs> listeners from outside the UK, we've discovered, Rod Hull was a children's entertainer in the 1980s? So, he's semi-famous in America. Why? One of the chat show hosts, I think it was Johnny Carson, used to have him on semi-regularly. And I don't I don't know why they got him on. Mm-hmm. But the big thing with Rod Hull was he had an emu puppet. Yeah. Not an actual emu. He was a, it was yeah, a it's puppet. puppet. Which, <laughs> do you want to go into Brian Connolly now? Or? No, no. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so and, the, and, and, the, and Emu used to he was called Emu. Yes, he used to attack people like Michael Parkinson, another and Snoop Dogg. Really? Have you not heard this story? No. So Snoop Dogg, Snoop Doggy Dog, Snoop Lion, yeah. um, was on the oh, word. You're so cool. You're so cool. <laughs> was on the word the same night as Rod Hull and Emu. Right. You remember the word? Yes. Yeah. Sort of. And obviously, it was quite eclectic with the groups, and yeah. yeah. Uh, and with the guests and stuff like that. And um, so Snoop was being interviewed whilst Rod Hull and Emu were on the couch next to them and Emu was attacking them. Um, they went to a break, they came back and Rod Hull wasn't there and urban legend has it that Emu, the Emu puppet was under Snoop Dogg's foot for the rest of the interview. Oh no. Yeah. Well, Emu. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, yes. <laughs> so Rod Hull, uh, children's antenna from the 80s, um, sadly passed away uh, during the Man United Juventus semi-final in 1999. I mean, you're looking at me, but I'm no help. Yeah, why am I bother asking you? Mm. Uh, because he went up on the roof to adjust his TV aerial mm-hmm. and unfortunately fell off and, and yeah, died. I mean, he was, he was an elderly man. It probably wouldn't be a fall that would... Well, I don't know, maybe... <laughs> I mean, you're really... You're going into territory we should not go into. In my mind, it was a bungalow, but I don't know if that was necessarily true. Oh, really? <laughs> now I want to look it up. I'm not going to look it up. No. What a weird segue. Yes. Yeah. But that's where my mind went. And this is what happens when we've got no, no, no quiz and no Top of the Pops to and talk no, about. And no theme music. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's all a bit 
bit of a strange one because normally the introduction has a lovely little structure to it. And this week it's garlic and Rod Hull and Emu. Shall we talk about TV? Yes, please. It's better than garlic, isn't it? Watching television, watching television. So last week on our BAFTA special, yes. where I had seen very few shows. <laughs> Sorry about that, people, if you sat through an hour of that. What was this episode? <laughs> um, you really enjoyed that episode. I did, I really, yeah. really did, yeah. Uh, there were three things that we talked about that we hadn't seen that won, and we said we'd try and check them out. I've checked out three of them. How many of you checked out? I've checked out three of them. Oh, have you? Yes. And you don't know this because you went ahead and watched two of them by yourself, <laughs> didn't tell me, and then when you mentioned that you'd seen them, I got a bit upset. Do you want to Do you want to peek behind that curtain? Yes. Because you always go off and watch things without me. Shall we go into Stranger Things? That was ages ago. Oh, you keep a, a thingy on your shoulder. So just to, just to fill in the listener here, we were both watching Stranger Things. I was off work at the time. I didn't have a job. And so I was staying away from watching them during the day when you were at work. I think it came out on a Friday. We watched an episode on the night and then we watched an episode Saturday morning. And then I went, I think I went out to the shops and went for a lie down. And I just thought, I'll just check Elaine's Netflix profile. And there it was. Episode six you were on. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You did it then, then did it the next year and proceeded to like spoil things for me and make references to me not meaningfully not meaningfully i would never do anything like that i mean but you do it quite often but i don't mean to it's not a like i'm not trying to it it just comes out because you'll be well i normally sing something i do realize it. i normally sing like some major plot spoiler just do 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 and then i'll say a couple of words you know like he's he's dead Oh. Funnily enough, uh, Elaine's also watching the Masked Singer American version. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. always look up who it is because yeah. half the time we've never even heard of him because they're American they celebrities. And every time she's watched it, I've started singing a song from one of the people <laughs> who's on there and she hasn't picked up on it yet. So, um... Have you really? Yeah, absolutely. <gasps> oh, no. I can't even think of anything you've been singing. <laughs> I've caught myself. I've caught myself in time and just sort of styled it out. And uh... that is brilliant. Oh, that's so good. So yes. So we we've watched one together then. Yes. And we've watched two separately. Should we yeah. do the one that we watched together because that's the easiest? Yeah. I'm struggling to remember what it is. So this is the race across the world. <gasps> oh. Which we've just finished. We've just finished. We've yes. finished the first series you know, of. That's. I'm not thinking about it in mm. that context. I'm thinking we've just watched this amazing show. Yeah. Yeah. So this is um, the best. This won the best structured reality program or mm. constructed reality, whatever yeah. it is. Um, and we'd never. I'd heard of it. Never watched it. Um, it's a BBC show. It's all on the iPlayer. I think they're there for another couple of months. Um, I think the fact that we've watched the first series in a week shows you just how excited we are. It's amazing. Mm. Just give some context about what happens. So it's kind of a cross between like a Michael Palin travel program mm-hmm. and Hunted. Yes, which was on Channel 4. Mm. I think it had a few series. We watched like the first couple, Still didn't we? Still on, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Where people 
are essentially in competition with each mm. other to make sure they don't get caught. Mm. In this, it's slightly different in that there are couples of all different types, all different relationships, all different people mm. who are in a competition with each other to get from London to Singapore first. Which is the longest road, longest place accessible by road from London. Um, is it of- not a flight? No, 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 no. I thought they said it was, like, the furthest you can go on a flight. No, you can fly to Australia by flight. Oh, of course you can, yeah. But, yeah, you can um, You can only now. It's only recently you've been able to do that. But, yeah, you can. It's longest because you go all the way through Asia. Mm-hmm. If you take the Eurotunnel all the way through Asia and then it's round around the tip. I mean, you could... Uh, it can't be far off South Africa. But, anyway, that, this but is... But the thing is that the flight thing, I'm just thinking yeah. while you're speaking, the thing about the flight is that they get the... The cost of a flight. Yes. Well, they get the money, that amount of money, and that's all that they've got. So they've just got that yeah. amount of money, and they don't have smartphones. They don't have any mm. anything apart from a GPS tracker that yeah. obviously they're giving them to make sure they don't get lost. But like the GPS tracker doesn't tell them where they are. It just no. gives them sort of instructions when they get to certain checkpoints. They don't have any other kind of equipment to mm. help them. As we've said, this show is brilliant. It's amazing. I can't understand why BBC aren't publicising this more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if this was on Netflix, and this would totally fit on Netflix, yes, agreed. it would become one of them things that went viral like overnight and probably within a month uh, everyone's watched it and everyone's talking about it. We have become so invested in these people. I know, mm. I know we have because we sit and we talk to them yeah. when we're on the sofa and we sit and we, we listen to their strategy to get from place to place. Mm. Are they going to get this slow train? Are they going to get this fast train? Or are they going to get in a tuk-tuk and it's going to be like they're, they're trying to get it for a dollar or mm. two dollars and you can see their money sort of going down on the screen like they've only got 77% money, then it's 50-odd percent of their money yeah. there. Yeah, and they're stop- some people are stopping to work at places. They are lined up with jobs along the way if they want to take them. And, you know, we've been commenting, like, saying, oh, you just, you just do all... A day's work in Paris, and you've got everything paid for on the way. And Yeah. yeah that'd be my tactic if I did it. <laughs> and, like, just... We've been properly strategizing, haven't we? And go, oh mm. yeah, I got, yeah, they've, they've done the right thing there. Yeah. Or, oh no, I'm not too sure about that, Tony. Oh, I don't understand that. <laughs> um, seriously, uh, there's... The the settings are stunning. Oh, There's beautiful. a lot of drone shots employed mm. in this. Uh, I think people have BBC have just gone around with a drone afterwards. And a lot and... of that thing where you stand in the middle of a square and they just go round you in a circle. Yes. and you can see all the like, yeah. like some of these. But you know, I'm not a traveller. Yeah. Um, I'm not not a traveller. I travelled in my youth. Travelled mm. lots of places in my youth. But I'm I'm not one now of thinking oh, I'm gonna fly off to Cambodia or I'm gonna go on an adventure. You like home comforts. I, I do. Yeah. I like Las Vegas. Yeah. Um. I like being in a suite overlooking <laughs> fake Paris. Yeah. Or overlooking you know fountains mm. with classical music coming out of it. You know that's become sort of the holidays we've we've had New York, Las Vegas, that sort of thing. But. For the first time in a long time, I have really got the bug here just watching <laughs> these people overcome so many challenges because, they, you know, they've got little money. They haven't to go in. I mean, there was a, a shot of a toilet at one point where I thought, yeah, yeah you just got to go. You just got to go, mm. you know, and it's really given me that passion and that excitement for adventure again. It's had a real personal impact. Wow. 
seriously watch this show it is like at least give it a couple of episodes you would i've mentioned this to a couple of people and they're like we just started watching it myself it's brilliant uh, there's a second series that we're now going to watch mm. do you want to know what happens in the shall i reveal it to you now now we finish the first yeah yeah so obviously you're not spoiling it but you're just gonna no. see what the premise is so it's traveling from mexico city oh. down all the way through south america to okay. the most southern tip of argentina right okay. so it'll be the same premise yeah. i dare say yeah. but yeah um watch and, it yeah watch it and just i want to say one final thing which is just the people the people yeah. on this show um sometimes they frustrate you yeah sometimes you love them sometimes you think oh come on pull yourself together but of course you're not hungry and mm. tired and you don't have sunburn and you're not having to go in this the most horrific loo in the whole of the world yeah. do you know what i mean like you could... you've been able to eat today yes yeah yeah, yeah. and not just down. eat locusts yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think that's what they're just so they're so different they're so like i said it's huge hugely diverse people that we w- might be mates with people that we probably would never come across mm. you know and um, people from the south people from the north it, yeah i can't go on about this enough i just think it's just amazing yeah so it's recommendation then massive recommendation <laughs> and i can't wait to start series two yeah yeah. And then I'll be bereft. I'm because... tempted to start it tonight. But, and also, yeah. like, I really want to look up what's happened to the people in it. Because you, you really get to know them. Yeah. Like, I feel I know these people, like, mm. really intimately. Because, like you say, you see them at their worst, you see them at their best. Yeah. Yeah. So, best situation comedy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Statlet's Flats. You've watched this by yourself. I didn't think you would have any interest in this. Yeah, but because the BAFTAs... Because Jamie Demetriou, he won for like best comedy best performance, comedy performance for, for yeah. male. Yeah. Um, and then Jason Demetriou, as I called him <laughs> yeah, last week. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention yeah. that. Uh, yeah, the former Wakefield Wildcats standoff and uh, utility back Jason Demetriou. Sorry, Jamie, if you're listening, which you almost certainly aren't. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, and because the program itself won uh, a BAFTA, I thought mm. I'd give it a shot. Okay. You go first, love. I wouldn't have given this the BAFTA of a flea bag. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I am now on the second series of this. Oh, right. <laughs> Interesting. My first instinct when I watched this was, this isn't for me. It's very broad, and it's made me wonder why I'm still watching it. I think there are interesting characters in it. I think the performances are fine in it. I don't necessarily laugh at it, but I enjoy the characters, and I think that's what's carrying me through on this. I think you probably hated this. Yeah, I did. Mm. Full disclaimer, I've only watched one episode and yeah. I watched it with a slightly cranky baby. Yeah. So it's whilst it's only 22 minutes, because mm. when that came up on the screen, I was like, this is a winner. Yeah. Because I can watch it in these little 20 minute chunks and I'm probably going to be better when I'm looking after a baby and doing mm. jobs and things like that. I can I can probably just concentrate a bit better than a whole hour where you, you, know, you really struggle. But... I could not get into this at all. And I've thought about why not. And I think it just boils down to one thing. And I think I've had really rubbish experience with letting agents in the past. <laughs> and I have a real thing about incompetence. So put those mm. two things together and you've got an incompetent letting agent. And it just annoys me. It, anno- it annoys me because of my job in that I see so many people who have been ripped off by letting agents, landlords, etc. Particularly students who are sort of people I work with. Mm. And I think this just digs into 
my anger at how people can be taken for a ride, how things get left in a house. There's a, there's a particular scene in episode one about a pigeon being up in a loft. Yeah. And them not doing anything about it for weeks and then the person having to come in and say, I've still got something up, you've got to say, you said you were going to send a professional. Mm-hmm. And that just taps into my thing of, right, I'm going to write a letter. So <laughs> I think there's less of that in any of the other TV um, episodes. And I would say to you, if you watch the second episode, I think you'll get a lot more out of it because it's a bit more observational. So there is a, it's quite a rundown letting agency that he works in. It's a family business, uh, a Cypriot family. His father uh, owns the business. His sister's always hanging around. His sister played by Natasha Dimitriou, who uh, is doing very well in the TV series of What We Do in the Shadows. She's one of the leads in that. I okay. don't know if you know. No. Um, I, had, I didn't know who mm. she was. Uh, Jamie Dimitri, I think, is probably the problem for me. Right. Um, I don't have a problem with wacky characters in a sitcom, but I don't... I prefer a central figure to be quite grounded. Mm. Um and so if I look at Arrested Development, you've got a really wacky Bluth family, but Michael is the central character and is very lifelike and very real. I mean, another BAFTA winning comedy that I know you like, him and her, Dan and Paul and Laura, could all just fit straight into this show. But you've got Becky and Steve, who are just playing relatable characters in the middle of it. And I think that is a difference for me. I think I, I really like some of the characters in this, though. I think Al Roberts uh, plays a character called Al, who's sort of a rundown, got no confidence, kind of got like a having sort of a flirt session with Sophie, but he's got a girlfriend in Japan. Also, Katie Wicks appears in this. I don't know who Katie Wicks is. Uh, so Katie Wicks plays Carol in this, who's one of quite an ambitious letting agents for the for the thing. Oh, why? Yes, I thought I knew her. I thought yes. I knew Carol. Why Why do I know? Where do I know her from? It's Daisy from Not Going Out. <gasps> That's it. Yes. I spent the entire time looking at her going, what do I know you from? What do I know? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and she's, I liked her in this. And as it goes on, she gets a lot to do. Right. Um, and gets some really good storylines because the other thing about this is it does go on from episode to episode. So there is a continuing narrative throughout. It's not just a case of with some sitcoms, you can just watch an episode and stand in like it's a standalone. Um, there is a narrative that goes all the way through this series and, and actually onto the second series as well. I'm going to carry on and finish it. Um, it's I would change a lot of things about it, but I'm quite enjoying it just having it on the background. Oh, well, I'm glad you're enjoying mm. it. And I, th- I think you're right in what you've said. I, I agree that I need someone a bit more grounded, a bit yeah. more competent to be at the centre of it and then mm. to have your wacky characters around the around the edge yeah um the sec um i think it's second episode um in the first episode you meet the um quite swanky rival rival estate agents who work next door they get more into it and get more drawn out of those characters and some of the best things that happen like involve them it's so it's it's really it's really quite good but not necessarily funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's a mild recommendation from me. It's not a recommendation from you. Yeah, it's, I've got too many hang-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and finally, finally, winning best drama, which mm. again was I think was a bit of a shock, given it was against uh, was it against Chernobyl? No, what against? No, no, Chernobyl won. I'm not. Even gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to look it up. Let's yeah. just carry on going. Um, the end of the effing world. Mm. 
So, do you want to start on this one? Yeah, I've seen episodes one and two. Yeah. Um, they are only about 30 minutes. It's 22 minutes. Oh, it's, oh, it's yeah. exactly the same. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's half an hour on TV with commercials. Well, completely different from Stuff Let's Flats mm. um, in that I love this. Okay. I don't love it in a sort of a, oh, I, I love the people, I adore the show. I just loved it in the, the, the tone that it had. It's something completely different. I totally got it when I got to the end credits and it said based on the... Is it like... I wouldn't say the... Co- is it based on a comic? Did they say comic or... Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at I all. Because sometimes comics nowadays are called like graphic, graphic novel, novels. And yeah. I don't know whether it's... And I know there's a difference. And I know people get really annoyed if you don't give it the right one. But it, it is obviously... It's a comic. It's obviously based in that medium. Yes. And that I, that totally fitted for me. I thought, right, that is it. I can see exactly where this is coming from. It's two teenagers who both have... I mean, they have so many issues... Tr- they've grown up in a troubled, f- both yes, in troubled families. Both in troubled families for, di- for different reasons, mm. and they're outsiders, and they're they're very challenging to watch, actually. Yeah. But it it really just it just felt so different from anything I'd seen, and it moved so quickly, and they were so believable, even though they were challenging as people. The yeah. girls swearing all the time. She's really rubbing people up the wrong way. The girl has taken her challenging upbringing to become a bit of a rebel and rebelling against anything that's put in front of her. Absolutely. And she's got sort of slightly more obsession with sex than she would have done had she not have been through the issues that we see behind the scenes. And then the the boy. (laughs) So Alyssa and James. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so James. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for that. James is someone who doesn't seem to have any friends and he sits alone in the canteen and he just seems to go along with things and often he sort of almost like disassociates and he's looking Mm. off into the distance and he lets things happen to him but he has i don't think it's a spoiler to say he has quite psychopathic tendencies yes yeah he's Mm. always thinking about murder yeah 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 so and that's the two of them come together and they go on Mm. a road trip yeah and and it's just fast i find it fascinating but like i say even though they're complex and challenging characters. Mm. The dialogue, the way they behave, just seems so real. Mm. And, and I just really enjoyed it. Well, did I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can say it. it's enjoyable. It was just something so different and something I was interested in. I've found it interesting to analyse. I'm obsessed with this show. Okay. I'm halfway through the second series. Okay. Um, every spare 22 minutes I've had where you've not been around, I have watched an episode of this. I think this is one of the best shows I've seen in all year. So t- tell me why, because I'm really struggling to articulate okay. what it is about this that I like in inverted commas. So, so I'll start off at the start, the thing that first hooked me in. I knew nothing about this show. I got this mixed up with a film seeking a friend for the end of the world, mm. which was, I think, Keira Knightley yeah, and... Yeah, yeah, um, and someone slightly older. Yeah, it's Michael Scott from um, the from the office, from the American office. It's uh, Steve Carell, yeah. And in my mind, I'd sort of mixed them up, so I thought it was about two teenage kids at the end of the world. So this caught me off guard. I think it's very stylized. It's stylized in the same way that sex education is, in that it's set in modern times, but... The aesthetic is 
mid to late eight, uh, mid to early eighties. Everyone drives a very old car um, without it being just a very old car. Uh, and the houses as yeah. well, like some of the houses, you think, where have they found this like really old style flat roof, loads of windows, almost like look like school buildings, you know, yeah. old school school buildings that they would have knocked down by now. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Loads of people turn up in this. Loads of really, really good actors. Naomi Aki turns up. Um, Gemma Whelan turns up. I'm trying to think who else it, there is. Uh, Barry Ward, who's in who's in everything. Uh, yeah, helpful. <laughs> he is. Uh, he was in. He's in Save Me. He's the. He's um, the wife's. I can't remember any actors' names at the minute. He's the wife's new husband in Save Me. The wife's. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, this is really helpful for everyone at home, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, if you've ever seen Save Me, it's the wife's husband. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's edgy, it's mm. challenging, it's shocking at times. I think there is an instant at the end. I think of the second episode, if that ends the way that I think it does, where I actually gasped, which takes a lot of doing, like to, for that to happen. Each episode absolutely flies by. It's it's. 22 minutes and they get so much into it it just doesn't stop i think the characters are really well written i love this i will have finished this by this time next week are you gonna carry on but yes i probably will i probably will i don't think i have the love for it that you do but that might grow the mm. more that i watch it i mean you, if you're halfway through the second series <laughs> you you are well ahead yeah. of, of where i am i would go back and watch it okay. so if you want to watch it if you want to just get just in the 20 on. minute thing yeah i, might do I will that. watch it at any I point yeah so I think this will, I think there are, I think you can see the characters growing all the way through and they, they develop as characters and I think going back will remind will remind you of what's happening mm, there. I think the acting's superb. Yeah, From so everyone. good. And yeah, I mean, the 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 two leads, I'm going to get the names because... Mm-hmm. I know James from Black Mirror. It's an episode oh. of Black Mirror you have not seen because okay. we have previously discussed all of the black mirrors yes and it's definitely a blind spot in in that because it's such a memorable black mirror for me okay i would recommend that you maybe watch that black mirror okay i think you you would i would like to have a discussion mm. with you, like off podcast yeah i'd like to have a discussion Just, with we do talk off, we do talk <laughs> yeah. off the podcast i don't think people would be that yeah alex lover yeah. uh he played young alan turing in the imitation game so he's he's had a career um and then jessica barden playing Alyssa. um mm, she's brilliant she's in she's in a lot of things so she's um she was in tamara drew like far from the madding crowd your favorite film that you've never seen the lobster okay do you remember that yes I remember you hating the trailer for that. Yes. They are they've got such nice chemistry, even though they're not always getting along. There is a nice voiceover narrative, mm. which really it, and sometimes I think a voiceover of what people are thinking is quite lazy. Um, but it just works perfectly and it's interspersed with the conversations and stuff like that. So yeah, I just seriously watch this. It's all on all four. It's all available. Give it a go, because I'm I'm BAFTA so happy was about right. BAFTA was BAFTA was right on this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think well they done, got BAFTA. it right, yeah, and yeah, and I'm quite glad that I'm quite glad they did give them it because I think there was easier options for them to give it to. And we would never have watched all these shows. No, absolutely not. I know you've been going on about Race Across the World for ages. You know, oh, that looks really good when a trailer comes on. And I'm like, yeah. oh. but this has really given us the impetus. So well done, BAFTA. Yes. Now, <laughs> moving from BAFTA to something that I think that you really didn't like. 
um, a program that we watched together this week that I was really excited about because people were talking about it in the same breath as Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. Yeah. We watched Channel 5's The Deceived. And you huffed and puffed your way through it and laughed at certain points. So I'm guessing you weren't that much of a fan. I love Rebecca. Mm. Uh, It's probably one of my favourite Hitchcocks. It is... uh, We went and saw the stage play a few years ago. Um, And I had the same reservations that anyone would have of a Channel 5 drama. But everyone said that I've seen reference to it. No, Channel 5 are doing some really good drama. Particularly from the point of view of a woman. That's what a lot of the... Um, mm. Reviews that we had listened to and had had seen, yeah, because it it made quite a lot of the podcasts uh, this mm. week, and that's what really spurred us on to watch it was just to see if we agreed with the reviews that had come yeah. out, um, and they were really they were bit they were mixed, but a lot there was a lot made of it, and much of that was because Channel Five was doing these uh, um, female led dramas mysteries. And the one of the writers of this as well was also a woman, so really pushing um, women writers as well. I think this is the worst thing we've ever reviewed on this, and I'm including Jaws 3D with that. Oh, you are kidding. No, no, Oh, come no, on. No. no. This <laughs> looked like an episode of Casualty, to the point where I kept on, when they were having conversations, I kept on expecting someone to fall onto a knife or something like that, and then Charlie to come in and try and rescue them. Well done. Uh, yeah, That's it's the only one really I could think of. Day. Or Duffy, the only Ch- other one. Charlie Baird. Yeah. Um, this isn't very good, is it? Well, <laughs> I have reservations about it, okay, which I'll get onto in a moment, right? I'll get onto the reservations. But as you know, throughout the entire thing, I was cowering into you, holding onto your arm and not looking at the telly at certain points. So it's clearly got something tonally that is scary. I know it's me, so fair enough. But I found myself really getting like the chills. It hits all of the points of, and I know people are using Rebecca as a sound, but essentially they're saying it's you go to a house and there's weird things happen in the house. So let's actually, let's go back a bit Mm. because there's an interesting premise here isn't there (laughs) given what we both do for a living there's a university lecturer i think it's meant to be either oxford or cambridge they do mention it at one point okay it's cambridge university lecturer it's emmett j is it scanlon how he says surname emmett scanlon Emmett Scanlon. Who played then where i got the j from then yeah it is that's it i think how it's how he's credited okay so he was in Hollyoaks. Yes, he played Brendan in Hollyoaks. He had a fabulous tash. Yes. Yes. You showed me the picture of it. That's the only reason why I mention it. Because it, it blew me, my mind that it was him. It took me a while. And then, so he's a university lecturer. He has an affair with a much younger student. And then it transpires that his wife has died in a mysterious accident. That's essentially it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's the plot of so many, so many things. Student goes to visit him at his strange house where the incident has occurred and we take it from there. Weird <laughs> things happen to her in the house. And we've only just seen episode one and that's just setting up the whole... The <laughs> yeah, whole I won't be watching episode two. Are you not? No. Oh, really? But who am I going to bury my head into and... I'll put my headphones on and laugh at... The people taking actions that no one would ever do. Yeah, okay, so let's get to the, the reservations, right? Oh, have I? I, th- I think I've got the reservations <laughs> about f- as soon as you mentioned it, but yeah. So, reservation-wise, people do things that they would never do. If if someone is having an affair with someone... Yes. 
and they find out that so loud. and yes. they find out their wife has died. You don't go around to the house and then start stopping with them and then while the family st- I, I can't even okay. I can't even explain just how stupid this premise is of I think the problem is that we don't get to see a real build up of this love affair between the lecturer and the student, which again, problem there, but let's not go with too much into that. So the lecturer and the and the student Emmett and his student are meant to be in love because later on down the line in this episode they say oh, I love you and she says I love you and and it almost are they know, meant to be yeah really I think they are, but you just don't get that at all do you because and time doesn't seem to have moved on very much because she all you see is her sort of in his room which looks beautiful by the way I was like oh I don't have an office like that <laughs> but yeah you see her in his room having sex and then the next minute that's it they're in love and he's gonna leave his wife and and it yeah it went very very quickly in those early moments to get us to the rundown house where the weird knocking happens so i just need to when you say that oh well it must be doing something right because it scared you mm. i once in front of you put a sheet over my head and went woo and you went no don't do that no that, that's freaking me out yes. so it's not really a high bar i don't know yeah i I know, but something must have, something must be carrying me through here. It's the weird knocking. I don't like like weird knocking. And you were doing it. In his room at the university, he was doing that. No, it was, I I don't find this scary in the slightest. I find this appallingly badly made TV. I I find this exactly what a drama on Channel 5 should be. Um, Exactly as I would expect it to be. And that is not a compliment. They must, the producers of this must be thanking their lucky stars every single morning that they managed to cast Paul Meskel in this. Uh, yeah. Who. <laughs> to normal people. Yeah, from, from normal people. Because if Connell hadn't took off, mm. no one would be paying any attention to this and it would be laughed out of every meeting. Uh, but because he comes up and he plays this nice Irishman who mumbles a bit, uh, exactly, he play, essentially plays <laughs> Connell. Yeah, I was going to say that. It, it does. I don't know whether because Connell's so like, so in our minds now, whenever I see him on the screen, I just think, oh, there's Connell. But he drives by and picks her up and goes, oh, do you want yeah. to lift somewhere? And it, it is Connell is, on screen. Yeah, yeah, and then he's there, yeah, he's there working as part of the fire service part-time. They must be thanking their lucky stars because... Without it, no one would be watching this. Well, I really enjoyed it, Mark. I think it's hammy. I think there are major plot holes, but I really hope that by the time I get to, like, I don't know how many episodes there are. There's only three episodes. Okay, well, if I had to, the time I get to episode three, I'm really hoping that given the calibre of the writers and given the reviews that it's been getting, although I know they've been mixed, but, you know, the, the, some of the really good reviews it's been getting, that all of these plot points will be filled in and there will be a, a, a twist... And there's clearly going to be a twist somewhere. Mm. There's going to be a twist that, that makes you go, ah, right, now I understand why I felt that that didn't quite work. I will continue watching it. And I'll let you know. I will not listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in a really good mood tonight, aren't you? I just think with all the good stuff we've seen this week, I've seen this week anyway, yeah. um, I just think, yeah, it's not as good. I don't think it's been a particularly good week for a comparison because you've watched all this stuff that you've really enjoyed. And yeah. then I and then you said, watch... why don't we watch this last night? Yeah, and it was my choice. When I wanted to watch the last episode of Race Across the World. <laughs> okay. And I was sat there thinking, 
seriously watching this? Well, let's hope you're... Oh, this is going to be a really hammy... Um, just like in the DC, I'm going to be a bit hammy. Let's hope that you're not really disappointed when well, what, we watch The Crow. I really butchered that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. that's smooth. Yeah. We're going to watch Crow now. It's day at night. I should have <laughs> just said that, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. The Crow. The Crow. Day at night. Yeah. Let's go. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. Gasoline, I smell. <laughs> Victims, aren't we all? the most 90s film ever it certainly is i'm pretty sure we just had like a recording of 90s mtv on for uh the last hour and a half i find it really difficult a to work out what you feel about this film but b to treat it with the irreverence that we've treated a number of the films that we've done in date night you know we've taken the mickey out of quite a lot of films we have a bit yeah. of a laugh with it it is our fun date night. Mm. But I find it really difficult with this film. There were loads of times I wanted to sort of make a little comment when we were watching it in a bit of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, oh, look, Ma, oh. But I felt bad doing it because of the history surrounding the film. So what I was going to say to you was, if maybe for, for this particular recording, if we could just put to one side, just for a moment, what happened in the film and the very sad death of Brandon Lee yeah. and talk about the film as a film yeah. and maybe be irreverent like like we are, you know, and try and sort of be normal with it. Yes. And then have some time towards the end just to talk about what happened in that film yeah. and to treat that with the respect that it deserves. Does that make sense? I am fine with that. I yeah. wanted to say that now because I just feel wrong going into, you know, joke, joke, joke without saying that clearly this film involved the tragic death of its main star. Yeah. Um and I just you know, I just felt like I needed to say that before I went into nudge nudge wink wink Elaine. Does that, that is, make sense? That's absolutely fine. That is absolutely fine. So nineties nineties <laughs> MTV then Mark <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean this is a follow on from Flatliners, isn't it? Before we go on. Yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah. Spoilers, spoilers for, for the, the crew. crew. Yeah, nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Flatliners was that ninety four as well. I should no, know. No, no, it was early, wasn't much it? Earlier. This is ninety one. Yeah. I should know because I put it in the show yeah. notes. Although I'm doing the um, bracket symbol, which is really helpful <laughs> for a podcast because that's what I do after each film. I put the date in brackets. But yeah, to like, was that the last film you gave me, Flatliners? I think so. 
I mean, don't ask me, Mark. I'm not. I haven't got a spreadsheet or anything. <laughs> you probably have. No, no, I don't. Oh, anyway, in the recent past, we have had no because no, we had something else. Oh no, it might have been flatliners. Anyway, this is irrelevant. Yes. So I mean, the aesthetic in this is very, very similar. Because it's dark most of the way through the film. I think yeah. there's only one part where it's sort of very early morning and you get a little bit of light when someone's making breakfast. Yeah. But throughout the rest of the film, it's just at night. And that mm. Flatliners is very similar. Yeah, yeah. So this film is about Eric Draven. Yes. Eric the Raven. I know. <laughs> Draven. Crow. Yeah. Raven. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, who on Devil's Night? Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay. I, I only... Just making sure. Halfway through, they tell you that Devil's Night is the night before Halloween. Because I was thinking, well, they, they put the date up as like 30th of yeah. October. And I was thinking, what date is Halloween? I'm sure it's not the 30th. I'm sure it's the 31st. Mm. But then they explain that it has become a thing that a big baddie called Top Dollar, <laughs> we'll come on to in a bit, yeah. has decided he wants to cause havoc the night before Halloween. Mm. And he's made it a thing. And for reasons that were not... so. He, um, Eric DeRaven and his fiance, fiance, Shelley, Shelley are in his house, in her flat, sorry. She's been making complaints about the landlord. And so the landlord comes in to scare her. Eric DeRaven gets involved. Uh, it becomes a fight. He gets thrown out a window and she is attacked and left blooded. Uh, attacked both physically and sexually to make it very clear. And she is left blooded and dies from that. Yeah, in um, surgery later yeah. on. I think, I don't want to correct you on this minor point, but I, I don't think it's a landlord issue. I think they're going to shut down. I think it's a general, please don't look at me like that. <laughs> I think they're going to shut down the flats and she's trying to save the flats, but it's a, comp- yeah. Sorry, you're thinking of batteries not included? <laughs> You're thinking of any host of films from the late 80s. I just didn't get the impression from watching it again that he was like a landlord. I think it was something to do with like clothes and flat. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a minor point. I mean, you say that we will be going back once this podcast's <laughs> over to, <laughs> yeah, to, to prove who's right. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. so she's been doing some activism. And yeah. so these guys have been sent in to scare her. But they take... Flats comes in. Stop it. These, these guys... bad landlords. Will you let me continue? Sorry, yeah, I just wanted to... Uh... <laughs> the bad men come in, yeah. they rape and essentially murder her because she dies later on, mm. and Eric comes in when he's not meant to, and they murder him by throwing him out of the window. Yes. And, um, then, and then... A year later... One year later... He comes back to life, comes out of his grave, mm. and takes vengeance on the people who, who attacked and killed her and him. Is there any reason given for why this is happening? Because if it is, I've missed it. I think at the beginning, there's a voiceover by the young girl mm. who is Shelley and Eric's mate. They sort of look after her, take, no pun intended, her under their wing. Yeah. Because her mother is an addict mm. and hasn't been looking after her properly. So you get flashbacks of them giggling in the flat and having a good time and all that sort of stuff. And she says at the beginning in the voiceover that when you die... Um, your soul goes on and the crow helps you to move on but sometimes when your soul doesn't rest the crow comes back and takes vengeance it's that that's essentially it's a bit 
mystical spiritual. So no is the answer I'm looking yes, for. That is exactly what I said. He 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 need, he cannot rest. He's come back. The crow helps him to do that. Mm, and he comes back conveniently immortal. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. that's that's fine. There you go. Then just stuff happens for the next hour and a half. It doesn't stop, does it? No. You just it's revenge, revenge. Brandon Lee's pops up. Revenge. Brandon Lee pops up in people's windows, takes vengeance on the people who murdered him and his girlfriend and Shelley. Makes friends with uh, Winston. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> mentioned this yet. Winston from Ghostbusters yeah. is in this. And when he pops up really, really early on, because he's a police um, officer, yeah. your face! It was brilliant. Because you, I, yeah, you didn't know he was no, in No, I didn't know he was in yeah. this, no. Yeah. No. I mean, in essence, playing Winston from Ghostbusters oh, absolutely. the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. He's gone on. In I think this is in between, <laughs> this is in between Ghostbusters 1 and 2. No, it's not. No, 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 no. Like, in the law of oh, this. Oh, right, okay, I'm thinking, well, Ghostbusters 2, I'm sure that was yeah. 1989. Winston still hasn't uh, taken up doing the birthday parties True. Uh, in Ghostbusters 2, mm. and has got a job in the police force. Yeah. And just, yeah. Because all the way through Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Ernie Hudson, who plays Winston, has a cigarette just sort of <laughs> hanging out of the, the way yeah. that people do. I don't know how they do it. They just sort of put it in their lip, and it just sort of sticks there and ha- I'm, I'm doing it now with my finger which again really helped for a podcast mm. but just sticks there but he does that throughout the entirety of Ghostbusters 1 and 2 and he does it throughout the entirety of this film until at the end nice little moral story at the end he decides to give up smoking well I mean um, Eric visits him and tells him that he should quit smoking because yes. it'll kill him so it's well, well done the crew yeah there's not really a lot else I can say about this, other than it's. I mean, it's massively stylized. Um, it is the, the music is front and center in a lot of things. And looking at the end, I didn't. I wasn't familiar with any of the music, but it is Stone Temple Pilots. It is the Cure. The Cure. Well, I mean, the Cure's. I mean, the Cure's more eighties, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. it is um, Pantera. Yes. It is anyone that would be on Headbangers Ball in um, in the mid nineties on MTV. Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Helmet, yes. which was produced by Butch Vig, which you laughed at. <laughs> yeah. You know, love a bit of Butch Vig. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember any of the others, but yeah, it's all of it's all of those. If there? Soundgarden aren't on it, then yeah. they probably should have been invited. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, exactly. it's that lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm. This reminded me a little bit of a film that came on later on. And I've seen it, but I've never properly, I, I couldn't say much about it. But have you ever seen Spawn? I've, a bit like you. I've like heard of it. Mm. I don't know if I've seen it. Because that had a really, really um, iconic soundtrack. Mm. I, I don't think I've ever actually seen the film, but I've heard the soundtrack because it was heavy metal bands um, collaborating with dance artists at the time. And it was kind of at the time, it was, if it was 78, uh, not 78, 97, 98. Um, so it was about the time Chemical Brothers were sort of going from being pure dance to kind of doing Set in Sun and Block Rocking Beats, where there's a lot of rock influences. And this came out, and it was that it, that was another thing where, I mean, the film was 
kind of by the by and it was all about the soundtrack mm. um yeah and that that was something that came into my head a lot through the throughout the film yeah. it, this is a film that is driven by the soundtrack yes and the songs mm. are very pointed and like you say they're front and center and there's actually there's a couple of scenes where mm. you're in a gig yeah. with the music being played mm. um and he is uh, he was in a rock band eric draven so he gets to do these scenes where he's on the rooftop in the dark in the rain because it's always raining as well is it yeah. flatliners always raining there's always wind going around mm. um and he's playing his guitar and then smashing it up and smashing it up against a green screen city in the background for no reason whatsoever yeah and he does that a few too many times for my liking i have yeah. to say there's a bit too much of him on the rooftops playing his guitar and being moody and angry and vengeful like we get that mm. i mean but this so i'm gonna make reference to you on this mm. This is very Joel Schumacher, without being a Joel Schumacher film. It is balls to the wall. I suspect there was a lot of substances being passed around the making of this film. As in, as as it's been revealed, was going around the Joel Schumacher set quite a lot of the time. Uh, it's very gothic. It's Batman Forever. It is, yeah. Um, and a lot of people made reference to Batman um, when this came out because you'd had the Burton Batmans mm. just earlier. I don't think we've not quite got to Batman Forever with this because Batman Forever, I think, is 95. 95, yeah. Yeah, but um, Burton won. Burton won. Batman won. Yeah. Um, is 89, 89 and then and 92. 92 for Batman Returns. Mm. It's very much in that vein. Yeah. I also thought when I was watching this that it felt very much like Interview with a Vampire. Okay. But that was mainly because Michael Winnicott, I think that's how you say his surname, yes. who is your big bad, the top dollar, mm. is wearing this amazing wig <laughs> where he has the straightest, longest hair. And he looks like a vampire. He's got his GHDs out, hasn't he? He absolutely has. <laughs> I mean, you, he's really... I mean, it That is, must be a wig. Yeah, of course yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. like poker straight. And it's right down his back. And he's, he's dressed like a vampire. What do I know Michael Winnicott from? He was recently in one of the films. Is that, he in Three that, Musketeers? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I he's, remember, yeah. He's the um, Rochefort. Yes, all the way through I was like looking at it going, how do I... He has yeah. been in so much. Yeah. I mean, he he really has. Oh, well, um, he's um, he's in, in your other favourite that you make reference to every week of the podcast, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes, guy of Gisborne of in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's constantly popping up in mm. the films that we watch. Going back to Batman, mm. I think you can draw some straight lines between Brandon Lee's portrayal of the crow mm. and Heath Ledger as the Joker in oh, The Dark Knight. I'm so pleased you said that. Mm. And actually, I was thinking as well, even though it's a completely different film, even though it's a completely different character, I really felt that there were elements of... Um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker okay, in yeah. this as well yeah. in the movement yeah they're very skinny you get mm. a lot of shots from like the back where the boniness yes. and the yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and it's the face it's yeah. the, the makeup on the face as well yeah. but yeah the Heath Ledger uh, Joker and I'm not I'm not even particularly keen on my argument of the more recent Joker with it mm. but there was something about it that just I felt that there was a there was a connection there, but yeah. mostly in the physical performance rather yeah. than the actual character itself. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. I suppose you could also, although it's it's, the, it's a really really different film, but the films that come to mind are like Interview with the Vampire and Blade and the other sort of 
the other films that people now forget, I suppose, take out Interview with the Vampire for this, but thinking more of Blade, the other films that people forget existed before you got the, in inverted comma, superhero films. Yeah. Because people do call this a superhero film. I'm not entirely sure if I'm convinced by that, but this was meant to be the start with the early Batmans, as mm. we've spoken about. This was meant to be the start of that comic book superhero coming back into, you know, starting in the 90s. We'd had the Superman, for example, before yeah. in, the, in the 70s. And, and Superman going to the 80s as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The last one's 87, yeah. Superman 4. So this was sort of like the start again of this superhero, you know, superheroes coming back into film and particularly comic book superheroes coming back in. So I just think it's a really interesting one to sort of throw, throw in the middle. I... <laughs> This isn't a good film. Yeah. Let's. I mean, this. This is. It. I think putting aside the the, the reasons why people remember it, mm. this is straight to DVD fodder. Oh, I'm not convinced about that, Mark. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I think the action scenes are really powerful. I think the aesthetic is really powerful. I think if you're saying that about this, you've got to then say that about Flatliners. No, because no, because Flatliners has somewhat of a plot. This has a plot. This this is a revenge drama. It might not have the most complicated plot, but you know neither do many of the film. You know, other films that we've seen don't have the most. Taken has more plot. plot than that. I'm not. I'm not convinced it does. That's again a revenge. This they steal your daughter. You go and get. You take revenge on people, and you find her. There you go. Yeah, but at least there's a reason why he is doing that, rather than just dying and then coming back to life and then going off. For but a... then you're talking about the supernatural elements. That's what you're then having an issue with, and this is just a supernatural film. Yeah, but there's no, there's never any, <laughs> there's never any like, there's never any reason put behind that. It's just he comes back to life and kills a few people. Yeah, but he comes back to life on the year after this thing occurs, and we've got to take it. No, that's just a plot point. That's just yeah. that's just a plot point. There's no reason why he c- crawls out of a grave. To take his revenge. <laughs> oh, that doesn't happen in real life. But that's what I'm saying. You've got to just take it. There, it being case. a year since since him and his girlfriend was murdered is not a reason for him to come back to life. You've got to take it on his face value that it's it is a supernatural film. It's not it's not real life. People don't come back to life. So it's not saying that it's real life. But this is presented in a world where that doesn't happen all the time. So I I think as part of the film, you need to put some reason in why this is happening rather than just... Well, would you really want some like some deep, dark, spiritual, oh, somebody raised him from the dead or... Would you really want all of that rather than just getting into the point of like, it's been a year, there's this devil's night... He he's his him and his fiance have been murdered in this horrific fashion, and now he comes back to take his revenge through the the, the mysticism of the crow. I would, yeah. I, I mean, I would prefer that to for it to be a good film. However, you cut me off. <laughs> what, I saying, what I was about to say was, this is not a good film in any way, but this is my kryptonite. Mid nineties, heavily stylized, straight to DVD esque action films—the sort that 
I would watch when me and my mates had a sleepover and we'd go to Pharaoh's video in Cottingham and we'd rent three or four and we'd probably we probably did rent this at some point but half of them got left behind because we all fell asleep or later days someone's sister managed to get us uh, a few bottles of Lambrini so we were too drunk to uh, remember what happened in half of them um and yeah this is my kryptonite and I enjoyed the hell out of this film <laughs> I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that at all. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I'm pleased now because then I got to sit here that 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 monologue. <laughs> yeah, it's every I mean I only know about this film because every boy I knew yeah. in the in the mid to late nineties and early two thousands yeah. um loved this film and loved the soundtrack and played me all the bands. <laughs> and it, so it's similar to you. I didn't go out and look for this film. But I think most of the people I knew in like 97, 98, mm. particularly when we were sort of teenagers and going out, um, had this the Crow poster on their wall. One of my friends who I, who I grew up with had a Crow phase where he grew his hair long and dyed it black. And wore and a trench coat. Dra- dra- wore a trench coat. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And big boots. Yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. Joined a band, had a guitar. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that's it, exactly. And I wonder whether this is why it stayed in my mind so much because when I put this on, it reminds me of those times. It reminds me of going to gigs with my little black bit of string around my neck with a little, uh, like I had a little penta, pentagram or something like that. Oh, so like, God. Yeah, yeah, just sort of in silver hanging from it. And oh. yeah, I had all, all the stuff, plenty of black eyeliner and uh, and lots of, I, I mean, this is this is going back a long time now, but a lot of crop tops, um, which thoroughly enjoyed wearing at the time. Wouldn't do that now. Would so, this be yeah. like when you were going to the room in Hull? Or... Oh, totally. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. I was going. I was thinking of that when I was watching this. There, there was like a metal room that the the room was a club in Hull. I went to yeah. Hull University. So between the years of nineteen ninety nine and two thousand and two, I was going to this club that was just in an old house wasn't yeah, it like yeah it was like a town an old townhouse yeah, yeah so there were different floors with different rooms in mm. and i distinctly remember being in the metal room and like uh, deftones and um nine inch nails coming on and just standing there in mm. the in the noise really well i suppose spiders would be the other one where you yes. would yeah well obviously yeah. iconic nightclub in hull <laughs> spiders um but that wasn't necessarily quite as heavy it was a little bit lighter the music they played inspired the nights that I went anyway. Okay, right. Okay. But people, people dressed very much like yes. the crew. Yeah, in, absolutely. In all of those establishments. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember going to Rock Night at Oasis. Not Oasis. Um, oh, God, what was it called? Um, Eclipse. Mm. So Eclipse was a, a club in Hull. It was a proper, like, um, Chava club. As it as it would be at the time, so I played a lot of dance music, but they had a rock night, and we rocked up there one night after just going to the pub, found out it was rock night at, at, um, at Eclipse, and went there. And boy, did we not stand out! <laughs> uh, I think we were the only people there that hadn't uh, pledged our soul to some nether some nether lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, I remember there was a guy there dressed w- with the crow hair, mm. with his shirt off. Um, wow. Yeah, just on the dance floor, on his knees at one point in leather Brilliant. trousers. Yeah, Amazing. so much leather. Yeah, I mean that's that that's twenty odd years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember that. I can't remember who. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember 
whole city squad from last week, but uh, I can remember this scary, scary guy. He probably had a pentagram on his. Uh, yeah, thing. he probably did. Yeah. 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 Before we move on, yeah, can we talk about the um, little girl? I mean, she's probably not that little, but there was um, Shelley and Eric Draven's mate, who is yes. this young teenager. I think her name is Rochelle. The Rochelle Davis. Is... I'm just looking her up yeah, now. Yeah, and she she didn't do anything else after this, did she? She's yeah. appeared in a couple of things recently, like 2009 is her oh, next right. credit after this. Uh, she was a detective in the film Hell House, which, um, oh God, which stars Al Snow, who's a wrestler. Uh, that's oh, weird. She's been wrestling. That's, that's... Did you enjoy also the wrestling connection with with Sting, which we we spoke about last week, or what you spoke about last week, did it remind you of Sting? Did it remind you of wrestling? Well, I never really used to watch. So Sting was in Sting wasn't in WWF. Sting was in WCW. So I never used to watch that because it wasn't on Sky Sports. It was on like another channel, uh, on at the same time. So I never used to watch it, but I'm aware of it. And like, so what they did with Sting was he was like this cool surfer dude, and then he went away for a bit, and then he appeared in the rafters dressed as the crow for a year before he did anything and it's one of the few times in wrestling that they've actually shown like patience with a storyline and then they built up over like a year to him fighting hulk hogan and then they messed it up because hulk hogan bribed a referee to in real life yeah i should never have mentioned wrestling <laughs> yeah that that's a big that's sorry a big everyone mistake. yeah i'll not do that again <laughs> Anyway, going back to this girl, yes. what did you think of her performance? I thought she was really good. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Because yeah. usually teenagers, especially in films like this, at that time, they're yeah. a bit whiny, they're a bit rubbish. And I actually thought she she was really good. She wasn't annoying in no. any, or irritating in any sort of way. She's got a bit of an attitude. She's a street kid, which yeah. can always come off. I mean, there's a bit where um, Eric goes and visits her and... It's a little bit moonwalker, mm. um, and not in a good way. She's yeah. two weeks older than me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm looking at her, think, "Ee, she's dead young." Yeah. <laughs> of course, she's been she the was at the same time. age. Yeah, 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 as we were when this was out. Yeah, I think a perfectly fine mm. um, performance. I wonder if the thing that we're going to get onto has uh, has affected her. I, it must I wonder do. that. Even I'm saying that I don't know the. I, I don't know the full details. I suppose you mm. might know more than me. Yeah. So, yeah, we might as well move on to sort of the the tragic demise of Brandon Lee in, in this, this film, which is his final performance. My understanding is that this is very... It's quite a complex thing that happened, but mm. the the there was a... Obviously, a, there was a gun, and the gun was being used for a scene where... Eric Raven was being shot, so Brandon Lee was being shot at. And on one day, something got stuck in the device. I think they were going between sort of like blanks and another type of of bullet or another type of sort of projectile that was in there. And something got stuck within the, I mean, I don't know guns, but within the gun somewhere. Mm. And then the next day, they were saving money is my understanding. Okay. So they didn't have someone who was like a firearms checker, mm. not the correct technical term, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And so it was a prop supervisor who looked at the gun. I think they loaded it with a blank or loaded it with something else, mm. not knowing that this thing was within, still within the gun. So when it was, when the gun was, um, when someone shot the gun, 
it just acted like a full bullet and okay. it it whatever was in there just shot straight into him as a bullet would at the, you know exactly mm. like it would hit him in the stomach yeah. and he died in surgery so were they filming at the time my understanding is that they they were yeah. um because this is what led to the the incident occurring yeah, anyway of was course. that they yeah, were the wouldn't. camera was rolling yeah. and everything was ready and he was all dressed in mm-hmm. you know his character he was he was in character and how did they finish the film so the majority of the film had been finished i mean that's effectively what saved the film, isn't okay, it? Okay, yeah. So the majority, I think they were doing sort of these big action scenes separately to the other sort of dramatic scenes. Mm. Um, so yeah, majority finished. There are some scenes where, and it is quite noticeable once you're looking for it, and I looked for it when we were watching it this time, where they have taken Brandon Lee's head and superimposed it onto a double so there are certain scenes where it just looks just a bit off and a bit weird. And then obviously they used um, stunt stunt doubles mm. to do scenes where you don't need to look at his face. That's really weird because literally just a couple of days ago I've been listening to things about Bruce Lee. Okay. And it's, it's quite comedic, but it's not. Mm. There is a film that I don't know whether he was actually ever in or not. Um, but they certainly used his likeness in in this martial arts film. At one in one scene, quite famously, and it's available on YouTube. They have someone talking to Bruce Lee's character in quotation marks, and it is a guy sat looking into a mirror, talking to the guy who's behind him, and they literally just paste a photo of Bruce Lee onto the mirror, so that as the guy's talking to him, it looks like Bruce Lee is sat Ooh. at the at the, the at the desk. Yeah, um, so that's quite bizarre. Mm. And I mean, I've I've never seen a Bruce Lee film. Me neither. Um, the only thing I've ever seen him acting is the old sixties Batman TV show. See, I've not even seen him in that. Because he was he, he was the Green Hornet. He was his friend Kato. Right. And they had a guest appearance. It was very much similar style, and they had a guest appearance in a couple of episodes of Batman. So that's mm. the only time I've seen him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've seen now seen more Brandon Lee films than I have Bruce. Yeah, Lee. yeah, mm. and such so at like twenty eight, and at the end, um, the film obviously is dedicated to Brandon mm. and his fiance at the time. It's Eliza. I know when it comes up, it says for Brandon yes. and Eliza, and they were due to get married. So, <sighs> and I think. One of the weirdest things about watching this film is just how many references are made to shoot me, come on, shoot yeah, me. Yeah, and there's I, so even I found, many. yeah. And, oh, I'm dead already. Mm. And it's chilling. It's yeah. really chilling when you know. And obviously no one knew at the time that was... And there are hundreds of films out there where characters say things like that. But it is so strange to watch someone in their final performance mm. knowing that they passed away on that film set. Yeah, I mean, it's worse than... I mean, after I felt a little bit weird watching Oliver Reed in Gladiator when mm. they... So, and that's, this is far worse than that. Yeah, it's, young person, um, yeah. prime of their life. And this this could have 
you know, really, really launched him. Uh, he's he's good in this. He is. He is really good. I know you're saying before it's not a it's not a good film, and I know and the no. film as a whole. I I completely get where you're coming and, from. And I, to be honest, I don't think if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that incident, unfortunate mm. incident, this would not have been a hit. No, yeah. I don't think anyone would have paid it any attention. But, but I think you don't you don't know that you you would never know because look at all the other films that were coming out at the time that that people were loving, and this was yes, it's a cult classic. Mainly because it got this, um, because of what happened around it. But we don't know if it would have become a, a cult classic anyway. Uh, I think it would be the sort of film that we rented, like it would be in the in the office section in Pharaoh's videos, and we might have picked it up for a. Um... <laughs> I mean, we'll just we'll never know, yeah, will we? But yeah, I think this could have really done something for him and his career. Given hmm. when we watched the credits, he was doing. Um, the, the the fight choreography fight as choreography. well. Fight choreography, so yeah. um, really could have could have taken him could have mm. taken him somewhere. But I think he's really good in this. He's, he's really a good looking guy as well. Oh, he's beautiful, yeah. like to look at. Yeah, um, his facial structure yeah. is absolutely stunning, isn't it? And yeah. it's obviously physically very fit, mm. but the way that he moves through 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 the as you would anticipate with someone who's doing his own um choreography. Yeah, it's it's just just really really beautiful to mm. to watch so it, it it is a beautiful performance mm. so they made they made a bit of a franchise out of this didn't they oh yeah like and these yeah. these were straight to dvd i yeah, think yeah, yeah. Like, i think um it was Cr- the crow city of angels was the next one which i'm not sure if it was straight to dvd or if that was actually released yeah and then there was the crow tv show so they did a, oh, a really? television show as well and then it almost goes into i'm sure there's one that's like because I'm thinking of Terminator. There's there's a crow salvation or something like that. Wow. And Edward Furlong's in one of them. So I'm really thinking of Terminator for a lot of reasons here. <laughs> um, yeah, Furlong's in it and some other sort of... Oh, uh, like Tara Reid and people like that are in it as well. Okay, so there's the crow. There is the crow city of angels. There is crows, the crow salvation. Yep, Terminator Salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then The Crow, Wicked Prayer in 2005. Oh, no. I think that's one with Edward Furlong. That's, Edward, that's, that's Edward Furlong, Tara Reid, and uh, David uh, Boreanaz. Is that oh, what you yeah, pronounce it? Oh, um, yeah, from uh, Angel. Yes. Is Danny yeah. Trejo in it as well? Oh, I don't know. He's not He's not in the top five. Um, All right. Dennis Hopper is also in it as well. Yeah, I'm sure Danny Trejo is in it as well. But yeah, it's 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 that 2005. It, it's that sort of yeah, film. Yeah, Danny Trejo. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, there's been a, a period of time mm. where it's gone a bit quiet, but then they've wanted to remake the original. Right. Can I tell you some of the people? I'm not going to give you the incredibly complex history of them trying to remake The Crow. But can I tell you some of the people who have, over the past few years, been up for, and some have been confirmed as well, yeah. been up for the Brandon Lee role of The Crow. So the only one I know is Jason Momoa that you mentioned last week. Yes, so that's the most recent one. That would be the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, why? Can you imagine, like... He doesn't fit into that. He you don't need like Conan the Barbarian being the crow. He's a rock musician. He's not Conan the Barbarian or Khal Drogo or yeah. Like you think he's too like physically oh, imposing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Too yeah. big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who else? I'm interested to know. So interestingly, then, what about Tom Hiddleston? 
Oh, that, that, yeah, no, that would be really good. Nicholas Holt was up for it at one point in time. Like some, like yeah. I say, some of these are confirmed, mm. some of these are not. There's, I mean, I really, I really like the idea of, when I was watching this, I was, it was going through my mind who, who could be. I'd love to see someone, um, like a teen star, like just going out of the comfort zone and doing this. And if it, you know, it might work, it might not. Someone who's far too big probably used to be doing this now, but say like Zac Efron, mm-hmm. give it a go. I mean, he might be awful, but um, you know. Like... I wouldn't be surprised, Mark, if he had been up for this at some point, because it's just, a, I mean, if you look at the Wikipedia page, it's just list of, it's any actor yeah. you could really think of mm. has been up for this at some point in time. I bet Jared Leto's been written on a wallboard totally. somewhere. Oh, just, just honestly, I was looking at them and they're such an eclectic mix as yeah. well of, like you say, people who were sort of in their 20s or sort mm. of late teens to people who are classically trained actors and a lot of them have said oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm on board I think um Luke Evans was on board for quite a Ooh, while yeah yeah so I think it really fits in yeah. with him as well and then he it, like was it comic-con or something like that and he was like yeah I'm not doing it anymore and there have been so many directors and they thought they had it recently with Corin Hardy who is the big horror director at the moment he did the yes. nun and Jason Momoa and they were you know it was getting to that point where the gonna cameras were gonna roll and they were gonna film and then they just pull out that was it it was but they're still saying that they're going that the the production company is still saying they're still going to do it it's like where they're going to get a director and a star from because there have been so many over the years um and you just think oh leave it alone and let you know let it go now okay like i'm not sure i need a remake no and if i do i definitely don't need a jason Momoa remake (laughs) but uh, you know like i I don't. I, I really enjoyed this film against all my better judgment, and it is a guilty pleasure. Mm. Um, and it is taking me back to those nights on the floor of my mate's living room uh, with the TV like just at the right level, so it didn't disturb the parents upstairs. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. That, that that I love that film. Thank you. Is it a three star? I'm thinking you're gonna go three stars, sort of right in the bit in the middle. I'd go three and a half. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's on that's on enjoyment rather than actual. Yeah, oh yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, rather than actual <laughs> film filmmaking skill. Three and a half stars for the crow. Who'd have thought it? I know. Well, I mm. didn't. I I did not know where you were going to come out with that. But I yeah, really pleased. I mean, it was a good good date night film. Okay. So, will there be a good date night film next week? What are we watching? Well, I think we're going to be watching a film that I probably mentioned to you more than any other film. Oh, see, when you say things like that, like, my mind just goes blank. And I can't even, like, I can't even think of what that would be. Every single time we mention good films, I always mention A Simple Plan. Do you? Oh, have you never heard of A Simple Plan? It wouldn't be the... Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that... I've mentioned this so many times to you. Is, do you think I just don't listen? I think you definitely don't listen. Right, yeah. I'm really sorry. That, well, that was like a bit of an anti-climax. <laughs> yeah, it was. God, that's crestfallen. <laughs> a simple plan. Yeah. Is it a new film? No, it's... I, not, oh, I love films. Why, am I, why do I not know about this? This is 1998. 98? Yeah. Right, this is... Something has blocked this film from my mind because I can't tell you who's in it. I don't know whether it's a thriller, a comedy, or what. I am totally blind on this film. Okay. Um. So... 
just for people listening, mm-hmm. if you want to watch along, and it's, I think this is a really, really well-made, really good film. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, though, I won't be doing it. For reasons I'm not really sure of, it's on the iPlayer for the next three months. Excellent. Yeah, so... It's, we don't have to pay. Yeah, so Yay! anyone listening, you don't have to have any subscriptions. You can just do that if you're in the UK. I actually checked, because we've got a fair few American listeners. Uh, it's available on Hulu in America to watch along. I think it's a really good film if you don't know anything about it. So, Which, I, I mean, I really mm. don't. I don't know anything. Mm. If you had said it was a film from the late 50s, I would have nodded along and gone, oh, right, okay. So I'll tell you, you will know the three men lead. You will know... You will know the director. You will know everything about this. Like, everything about it. It's not, like, an obscure film in any way. But, yeah, it's a big-name director. It's a big, like, relatively big-name cast. You will know all the people. I'm really looking forward to this because it's yeah. the first time that I haven't had any knowledge whatsoever. And it's going to be a bit like, you know, when you go to the the pictures for one of those, you don't know what you're going to see. Yeah. Films, and you, you sat there and then it comes on and that's what it's going to be like for me next week. So, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Don't Bye. look anything up. I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I would just spoil it. So no, I'm not going to. So, until next week. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Before you go, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the Honeymoon Period podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can join in the conversation on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for The Honeymoon Pod. Finally, if you like this episode and you think someone else would too, please share it. See you next time.